The following episode of Critical Weed Theory will have some pretty mild spoilers to a bunch of anime we've been watching recently, so that includes Kakai Sensen, Bakuno, Durarara, Brave of the Six Flowers, Death Note, and Punchline. Also, as a fair warning, um, we had some audio hiccups this time around. This episode does not sound the best, um, and we're kind of focusing on getting our guest episodes done. So if you'll bear with us this week, we figured you'd still want to see it. I mean, still want to listen to it. Whatever. Um, with that out of the way, please enjoy. A good route to go on for that essay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Uh. Do da Oh wait, no, we forgot one. Um, we forgot uh, Brave of the Seven Flowers. How did we forget Roka no Yusha? Well, everyone <laughs> else also forgot Roka no Yusha, so I feel a little <laughs> less bad about it. But still, no, 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 that was. It's like a it's like a hidden gem. If you haven't seen Roka no Yusha, um, it's so good. It's so good. It's like it's the a, best show you've never seen. Yeah, yeah, that's. How's it? Meow. Hello, 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 hello. Is that too many? Um, I think it's the right amount of hellos, personally. Um, I'm Ragnar, uh, Pronouncer. Uh, anything I need to choose. And I'm Mo, Pronouncer, he, him. And welcome back to the Critical Feed Theory episode, and uh, this one's going to be a bit of a short one because um, Mo and I are both very exhausted, both with life, uh, general physical ailments, and of course, perhaps most importantly, preparing for our wonderful, wonderful guest episodes, which will happen starting next week. But at the same time, we didn't want to leave you with nothing. You want to just, like, vent in vague, non-specific terms? Uh, sure, I guess. I, I I don't know. I'm pretty... I live with, like, the constant anxiety that things that I want to get done aren't getting done. Because I have to do other things. And I'm also, like, physically ill right now. And hopefully that works out. It, it will. I'll be fine. Listen. Not a baby. I'll be fine. But it's just like the the confluence of things being uh, and I got like my grad school decision soon. Screams. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. I just um I I, 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 I think one of the things that that does help, at least in moderation, is really working on these. Um because it, it gives me a sense of like control and like productivity i get to do a thing that other people say they really like and appreciate it so yeah uh thanks so much for sticking around yeah yeah um we have been watching lots of anime uh, we just finished watching the latest egg episode uh which is that of two slash 24 which was excellent um very good but we just talked about it so what meaning in there is going back over that, right? Yeah. Um, before you... Should we do content warnings for the end? 
because I, I I don't want people to just jump into it. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't noticed, there's a content. If well, if you haven't heard, there's a content warning for uh, self harm. Yeah. In the latest Wonder Egg Priority episode, so. Um, yeah, and it's like not a little content warning. It's it's like it's really heavy. Um, yeah, so just be a little careful. I was not aware of the content warning before I came in. <laughs> there were many audible hums and audible <clears throat> and audible. I don't know what other, what other most sounds I have. I think I have hum I and cried. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was it was really something else but we will move right along uh from egg uh we've been watching goodness we finished punchline we finished back <sighs> we're almost done uh-huh. we finished the first season of kakai sensen we're almost done with the second one yeah. we're sort of in the first third of death note um um, soon also, uh, on the watch list are Overlord, which we are going to get to, and I really want to revisit Code Kiosk. Oh yeah, those two will be, um, great. Um, the Overlord, uh, watch was actually at the request of one of my, um, $15 patrons, so if you want me to watch something, I will watch it, eventually. <laughs> when I <laughs> when I have the time, and I will write like a like an actual like uh so, like there will be like an Overlord take um that I hope the person will enjoy that I hope the rest of you will enjoy as well. Um, so yeah. Uh, All right. Where do we start? Uh well, in the order they were introduced, so. Punchline. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about Punchline? Um, I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Um, oh no. No, I I think my my opinion has only improved on Punchline. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, first, uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, Punchline is an anime written by Kotaro Uchikoshi, if you know him from the Zero Escape series, which is a series I'm fond of, which was the reason I watched Punchline in the first place for the first time. And I remembered liking it, mm-hmm. so I made Mo rewatch it with me, and um, shows very funny. Yes. And it's about saving the world. Uh, exactly. I'm terrible at description. <laughs> yeah, but that was pretty. That was a pretty apt description. Uh, basically, um, we had Yuta, Mikatan, Ito, uh, Meka, yeah, Rabura, the fucking horny cat. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> uh, okay, Pine, Muhi. Okay. <laughs> We'll get to the, <laughs> the best character. Um, okay. Uh, and so basically, uh, what we have here is a show about um, a dude who gains superpowers uh, when, when he sees uh, panties. Right? He, like, and if he 
Well, first he okay, dies in the first episode, and he comes back as a ghost. Yes. And as a ghost, if he sees panties twice, um, he uh, ends all life on Earth. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's quite literally a race against the horny here. <laughs> but it, but but if he sees it once, he just gets super powered. So it's like you gotta hit that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little horny, um, you know, puts a puts a puts a like you know skipping your step. A lot of horny, absolutely devastating. Um, needs several bonks. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're doing a bad job of, like, why the show is good. Um, but, yeah, it, like, starts out as kind of, like, like a, a, a very funny, but also um, very horny sort of classic, like, sci-fi yeah. action, like, magic sort of. It, it's in that sweet so, spot between so, sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things Punchline does is it manages to be etchy without, I think, demeaning the characters. And as with, I think, all erotic media material, uh, your mileage will vary uh, based on your perspective. I happen to that uh, Punchline is tolerable in oh way that few other shows really are. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it owns up to what it's doing rather than what a lot of anime tries to do when it's like, ooh, here's this contrived bullshit excuse to shove panties in your face. Now I'm going to act all embarrassed about Mm. it. Yeah. And I think one thing that really helps Punchline's case is that all the characters are just, like, good. They're, like, all well-developed, well-rounded people. And y- you, like... I-, I-, I guess they're... I guess... Okay, so here's the thing about, like, a lot of, like, anime when it comes to, like, sexualizing people. Is that, like... I mean, in the... Like, the, the term objectification, like, what it, what it refers to is literally like like the process of turning like a like a fully complex um, and multifaceted human being into an object for sexual gratification right um and who's an object like cheeser cheeser from from yes (laughs) like okay actually rent a girlfriend is a i don't want to get into it too 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 much but it's like a really good like like counter it's 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 pretty perfect in the sense that like None of the rents a girlfriend girls are like people, right? They they all exist for the one specific purpose. Um, Shizu exists um, to be hot and date and date the main character. Um, Mommy exists um, to be hot and to be a foil. Um, Ruka exists uh, to be hot and to be the 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 love triangle character that won't work out. And Sumi exists. Sumi exists, <laughs> right? And so, like, when you're, <laughs> I just, I'm still, I still can't get over the fact that they were like, we gotta have Sumi in the anime. She's only there for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> she gets one episode. Remember that one? Okay, we're getting. She doesn't here. even she doesn't... get a whole episode. She's barely there. Remember, like the one. The one sequence that was just like Sumi Chan giving things a shot, and it's just a slideshow of Sumi doing things. 
vanishes. All, all just so that Kazuya can date another girl. Uh, Rent a girlfriend. What a, what an absolutely tragic waste of time. Um, <laughs> I'm so behind on the things I need to write about that show. I need to get all that. Yeah, but when it's done, it will be absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, like. So, like, when rents a girlfriend, for example, has, like, like a panty shop or, like, a boo shop or whatever, it just, like, it, like, solidifies, like, why female characters were even, like, included in the show in the first place. Uh, meanwhile, when you have punchline, like, you can have, like, a panty shot, but then if you, like, incorporate that, like, into the character, while the character also has, like, pretty com- complex things going on that are, like, outside of, like, the sexuality of, like, the main dude, um, suddenly it just becomes, like, part of the show, you know? It's, like, part of, like, um, one of the things that you'll either like or not like about it, you know? Um, and that's something that I, I appreciate uh, quite a bit. Like, I'm not... I complain a lot about, like, sexist anime, and unfortunately, that means I have to complain a lot about fucking Echi because that's like the main vector for for a lot of sexism in anime. But like, I'm not like anti Echi. <laughs> like, we addressed this in the in the first episode, right? The bad the bad anime defenses. Like, we're not <laughs> we're not anti horny. It's just like just do do a story, <laughs> do characters at the bare minimum. The show also subverts uh basically bypass two of my least favorite tropes which is forgive the fascists and um redemption equals death it does neither of those it explicitly rejects it too um like the the main antagonists uh towards the end of the story uh, they uh realize that they're um, incorrect um and they want to use this opportunity to like redeem themselves uh, through sacrifice. And the story says, no, you have to live with trying to commit genocide, which is what they try to do. Um, you have to live with that. And you have to yeah. atone for that. And uh, a different character ends up making the sacrifice instead. So they, like, as that, that, that character's final act of defiance, they, like, deny the villain any chance to just, like, die and wipe their hands clean and be remembered as a good person. That was really powerful. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're missing probably, I don't want to say like the most novel thing about Punchline, but like one of the more important aspects um, is that uh, it, it does uh, a gender and it does, it does a trans. Um, yes. Um, yes. Yes. I think it does. Um, your mileage will vary, I think, but I I am of the opinion that Punchline has positive trans representation. Yeah, and I will um, support uh, and uh, echo that. Uh, it, it does do a trope which I've seen. Um, I've seen some trans people, I think, like rightfully sort of push back against, where um, the character is like born in, like, a cis male body, but then they're, like, moved to, like, a like a body that needs to belong to, like, a cis woman. 
Um, and so uh, that can kind of entail ideas of like, oh, well, if he just like, like the idea of like, yeah, like you're not like in the wrong body. You're like in your body and you need, you either need support to like make it more aligned with you or not. Or, um, because like if you, if you go down that road, then you get a whole bunch of like, you get into the, I'm doing a bad job explaining this. You get into like a territory where like politicians are like means testing, like who gets to have the resources they need, who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. Um, one thing I will say, um, and it actually, um, we started this talking about how punchline isn't actually, um, one thing I will say is that, uh, the fact that the show is so horny, I think actually plays into um, the strengths of the trans rep in a way. Um, because what you have is like, um, so like anime has like a bunch of like cultural, cultural signifiers, right? And one of them is that if you have a dude and you have a harem show, like the dude's going to be like, you know, a little pervy, right? Gonna, you're gonna get the nosebleeds, you're gonna get the panty shots, you're gonna get the boobs, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, to, like, do a lot of those tropes, but instead of, like, having, like, a cis dude there, there's, like, a trans dude there, I think sort of says, like, and just have, like, nothing else change other than the fact that, um, uh, you can see this person, um, as male as like any other uh, male character in anime, I think is like an interesting decision. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I also reject the idea of just like, like I, I talked about this in my misfit essay, like just like putting like, 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 like the whole like representation of just like if you have like an oppressive power structure, just putting a different person at the top. But I don't think that's what this is. I think it's more just like mm-hmm. um, you can take maleness and you can apply it to a group of people who um, still, in many contexts, need maleness like validated and recognized. So yeah, yeah, punchline, pretty, pretty solid. Um, there are a couple of found, yes. <laughs> there are a couple of screenshots that you can take out of context to make it look anti-imperialist. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for the the punchline of socialist argument quite yet. <laughs> I don't think it's there. I mean, it's not imperialist. Yes. Critical support for the anti-imperialist <laughs> fighters. A punch line. And and um justice punch. <laughs> I think we did Bakuno no next, right? Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> it's, it's, the OP is very good. It's very catchy. Talk talk about Bakuno. Sure. Um So Bakuno. Basically, we have Wow, Bakuno's only like 12 episodes, but there's like a lot going on. <laughs> um, we have a uh, large uh, cast of characters who are all involved in uh, Chicago's uh, criminal underworld. Um, and it revolves around uh, a group of people who 
in the 1700s, um, summoned the devil um, and asked him for uh, the secret to immortality. And the devil was like, yeah, okay, here, take it. <laughs> and they took it. And now there's like a hundred or so people and they're just like immortal and they have um, all sorts of other um, wacky uh, powers, right? And um, they all meet on this train from Chicago to New York uh, called the uh, Flying Pussyfoot. Um, and there's a lot of blood, a lot of murder, <laughs> a lot of death. You're making the show seem a lot more clear cut yeah. than it yeah. is. One of the cool things about Bacchanal is it tells the story out of order. That is, um, bounces between timelines, not just episode to episode, but even like on occasion scene yeah. to scene. It will have a scene that takes place in 1930, and then another scene that takes place in 1932, long after and directly impacted by the events of the first scene, or sometimes in the other order. Uh, yeah, you will get, like, scenes from after the season finale, before the, like, in, like, episode two or episode three. Um, and I think it is a testament to the craft that went into making Vakanot that, one, you can follow mm -hmm. it, and two, there is still narrative tension, even if you know yeah even if you are the show basically spoils you in ways about what's gonna happen and you still want to watch more and it's really interesting like even like as a testament to all of that as Ragba pointed out like when i was when i was thinking how do i describe bakuno i like reassembled <laughs> the show into like the chronological order of there were a group of people who summoned the devil and blah 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 and then there was a flying pussy and then there was a train called the flying pussy but and then they had a fight on the train right? you don't even know about the people who summoned the devil until like episode yeah. 17 <laughs> like it is like like back I'm sorry so yeah it is like back half of the show when you learn that um, they're immortal because they summoned the devil right yeah. um, um shows very exciting, very uh, cool. It's got uh, good crime noir vibes, gangsters and stuff. Uh, it's got some Isaac of the most interesting and character. Yeah, some of the most interesting and charismatic characters there are. Um, if you do watch Bacchanal, I strongly recommend you watch the four episode. I want to say OVA because it is just the best part of Bacchanal. Oh, yeah. um, you won't appreciate it if you don't watch the whole season and obviously you don't like the main series you won't like the ovas mm -hmm. but um if you do happen to like uh, the main season the first 15 episodes of the Bacchino, the last four episodes are just chef's kiss they're leagues above a show that was already really good and just yeah very strong the one thing i will say i guess like the the analytical spiel on Bakuno um, is that from from its culture to its sound design to its aesthetic to even like the time period where it's drawing from um, it draws a lot from like black culture but there are very little black characters in Bakuno um, so it's 
it, it, it's like it's not like I, I I feel like especially like on Twitter and stuff like when I try and like point out like how different anime like handle like issues people boil it down to like okay Mo thinks the show is racist or like Mo thinks the show isn't um and so if you want like a clear answer is Bakuno racist the answer is no okay but like there's still things to talk about either way it's very like it's very interesting because like okay 1930 Chicago it's the height of the it's the height of the depression right like what else is going on in the U.S. during this time. Well, it's like the first great migration of black people from like the South to two cities to find job opportunities that, that took place throughout the entirety of the U.S. 20s. Like the whole reason why we get like, um, like if you like Bacchino's OP, if you like the jazz, if you like the, the soundtrack, the whole reason why all those sounds exist is because of black culture in the presence of cities like Chicago, um, like New York, um, uh, Boston's a lesser extent. <laughs> Boston's pretty quick. <laughs> um, right. And so it's kind of weird to have a show set in those places at that time. And it's just like, you know, there's like three black guys, you know? Um, it, it, like, it's not something, like, if you're not thinking about it and you're not thinking about the history, you will, like, not notice it. But, like, the second you notice it, the longer you watch it, the longer it's just, like, it's, like, weird. It's, like, this, there's, like, a force, you know, that's supposed to be in the show. And it's, like, no. You would have to be aware of the history of 1930s America, which, to be fair, if you were setting something in 1930s America. Kekaisa, I think, is the next one you watch. Yeah. Season two is better than By season one. It's also, like, more problematic than season one at times. By a fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Okay. Um, so, Kekai Sensen. Um, it's a... How would I describe this? It's not like a shonen, is it? Hold on. It doesn't really have the shonen tropes. But it's like... Yeah, it's, it's a shonen. I mean, okay, it has... Okay, it feels a lot like Kill a Kill. Oh. And if you feel I, like Kill a Kill, you're definitely a show. Mm-hmm. Oh. I would say that Kekai Sensen is an absurdist comedy that at times forgets that it's an absurdist comedy and tries to be serious, but it doesn't succeed in being serious and impressing upon you the value of human life when it's a show that casually says there were a hundred thousand casualties from <laughs> from X thing, rocks falling from the uh, sky, and that just happens. Every episode, there is a comical amount of depth and absurdity, and just living in. Um... So to go over the premise a bit before I get too far ahead sure. of myself, the idea is that this uh, portal opened up in New York City, and now uh, there are a bunch of creatures from the other other world in New York City. It's now called Hell Salem's mm-hmm. Lot, and it is literally hell on Earth. Yep. People just die in absurd and comical ways. Um, and it's really funny. It's really funny. Uh, um, there there are scenes where, like, really funny. like, the main character gets on a train, and they'll be like, this route has a 30% survival rate. And everyone's just on the train, like, oh, it's up today. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's, that's a hilarious mm-hmm. joke. Um, 
And this is at once Kekai Sensen's strong suit and big yeah. suit. Its strong suit is that if you like absurdist comedy, and I happen to like mm-hmm. it, and you like weird and mahi things, and I happen to, mm-hmm. it's very funny. And you get a lot of mileage out of watching interesting things. But again, like I said, its downside is that uh, the, the world is so absurd and tr- uh, and if you try to take it seriously, it just comes off as incredibly tragic mm-hmm. because hundreds of thousands of people just die every day and people still live here for some godforsaken reason. Yeah, you, you go down this whole rabbit hole of like, why are it, why are people living here? <laughs> or if they are, why are they not like, why are they not like organizing to like make life better? Like, especially since like, in my personal life, I just got done with like a pretty big organizing effort around like, like the, the polar vortex that we had over the past couple of weeks. And it's like, when things go to shit, people either leave or they try and they like help each other, right? And like, when you don't see it in Kekai Sensen, and Kekai Sensen also asks you to take it seriously, then you start asking all these mm-hmm. questions that are just, and, and then the show just doesn't have, uh, the answers. The show, yeah. Uh, like the show really can't get you to be like, wow, it's so tragic that people are dying when like just the previous episode, it was like, ah, whoa, 20% survival rate on this train. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't work out like at all. Um, and what I say season two is a lot better than season one is this entirely because the show does not take itself nearly as seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. It sort of season two, it kind of learns, um, we can do character episodes, and they do the character episodes very well. And we can do comedy, and they do the comedy very well. But we don't have to talk about, yeah. like, the fragility of the human condition and, like, the testament to mankind's, like, stick to or whatever. Because it doesn't work in a show like that. It's just not, like, built to do any of that. I, I called it on Twitter. I think I called it the himbo See, anime. Someone. Right. <laughs> Because it's dumb and pretty. <laughs> it does not. It's, it does not have anything meaningful to say about the human condition, but it does not have to to be entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, that's the take on Kekai Sense. Like, can you skip season one to just watch season two? Probably. Would I recommend it? I mean, season one's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's not the worst thing. Um, like, watch season one. No, it's not the best the show has to offer. Stick, stick through it to the end. Every once in a while, Mo's Twitter account just becomes a chain stan account. Oh, yeah. Where's the... <laughs> is that the title of the... <laughs> that's the title of the episode. <laughs> this is now a chain stan account. <laughs> I don't know. I'll think of something. Uh, but yeah. Kekai Sensen, pretty, pretty decent. Uh, gosh. Then we have Death Note, which I am not, I am not terribly far enough in. We're not going to talk. I think we're we far can enough in. We're far enough in Death Note that I think we get to, because like Death Note's already laid out its cards. I think we can mm-hmm. definitely say at the very least one, if you talk about Death Note without doing their class analysis. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. How can you not? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I'm staring at you right in the face. I think 
enough people know what Death Note is mm-hmm. that simply uh, it needs no introduction other than, yeah, it's worse than you remember it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think definitely, especially after watching Akutama Drive, one of, I think, the best explorations of specifically like police criminality. Brutality. Yeah. yeah. But, but more than just police brutality, criminality, mm-hmm. what it means to mark someone as a criminal yeah. and going into Death Note, which just wholeheartedly accepts the premise that criminals are bad and therefore deserve punishment. Yeah. Right? We never get to explore the lives of people who have been convicted of crimes mm. in Death Note. Uh, nor do we ever see a shred of empathy directed towards them. Even one light is like, oh no, these people with lesser crimes got killed. We never really get to explore the human costs associated with that because we are not asked to. Death Note's question is not, are criminals bad and do they deserve to die? But rather, is this the person who should be dead? De- Executed by doling out the punishment, right? Yeah. It is do we execute the criminals with the state, or do does this kid get to execute criminals? But at the end of the day, whether or not the criminals deserve to be executed is never the question being asked. Yeah, there's a from the episodes I did watch, um, there's a really interesting um line. It's like when uh uh, uh, light. Uh, uh, the protagonist and L are like, um, they're like going back and forth, and I, I, I forgot the exact circumstances, um, but I, it was like something like he was, um, L was like talking about how like light could like, if um, like okay, I remember that so. L was talking about why he doesn't want to uh, tell the media not to report um, the names and faces of, like, to, like, hide the names and, and faces of, like, people in um, prisons, right? So that um, uh, uh, Light can't kill them, right? And he said, well, if we did that, then he would just start killing um, innocent people. And we have to ask, whose life is it, the criminals or the people? Right. And like, L makes the decision that like, obviously the criminals' lives, lives are like less worth saving. It's like a quick, like two, 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 like one or two lines in an episode that I don't think would get much attention, um, otherwise. But like, when, when I heard it, and I think it was one of the episodes I watched about here, um, but when I heard it, I was like, yeah, the, the show just, it, it doesn't think criminals are worth <laughs> are yeah. worth anything, right? And um, part of it is because as I became I have become a leftist, I have become more cognizant of abolition work going on. Um, another part of it is that I watched Akudama Drive, which I think can be read in parallel and as an antithesis to Death Note. Oh yeah, um, but definitely. The fundamental, uh, I want to say, sin of Death Note is that it accepts the premise 
that criminals are bad unambiguously and moreover it does not even think that that question is worth discussing a lot of times when we discussed works uh we talk about the text right this show said a sexist thing or this show said a racist thing or this show said a pro-police thing but i think just as often it is important to analyze that which a show omits that which the show considers common knowledge not even worth bothering to spend screen time analyzing Mm -hmm. and it's not like death note doesn't try to have its shitty philosophical battles does i i got questions are just about ego i got into an interesting back and forth with someone on twitter um who wanted to claim uh that death note isn't nearly as bad as we're complaining about um because uh uh light is portrayed as incorrect right and this is one of these things where um, I'm not sure if we did this in bad animated offenses, but it is like, like a subtle, like mistake I see people making, um, where you have a character. I got into a similar back and forth with like Shield Hero, by the way, but like Shield Hero is a little less justifiable, um, than this, where, where the person said like, um, Shield Hero isn't problematic because now for me is wrong, right? But like Shield Hero, it, 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 it doesn't pertain to me as wrong at all. Um, me just does bad things. But, like, Death Note is a little bit more complicated because there is, like... There are like, people in Death Note who say Light is wrong, but why? Yeah. What do they think Light did wrong? Yeah. It's not like they think Light is bad for, like... It's not like they think he's wrong about criminals. It's not like they think he's wrong about are humans fundamentally good or evil. It's not like they think he's wrong about, I don't know, the police, for example, right? Yeah. Like, both Light and L really like the cops. They think that the cops are a force for good. They think that the people who the cops arrest um, deserve it. They think that the people who the cops spend the most time harassing and um, arresting um, are um, the reason why society is as bad as it is, right? Um, Light and L disagree with... There's a moment when it says that because Light, like Kira, started killing criminals, crime rates have dropped. This is like in the second or third episode. This is in the second episode, right? Yeah, and the show says, like, well, it's just not just crime rates. Wait, 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 wait. It's okay. not light that says that. It is the police who say that, the quote unquote unbiased objective party. Yeah. And so it's not like the show's stance here is not ideologically neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not like, uh, so there's. The show, then, like, the problem it has with Light is that, like, it says, yeah, okay, the world would be better off if we just killed all these criminals. But killing them personally um, is wrong. And that's, like, the, that, like, gets you into, like, problems, like, with real-world abolition work. I mean, um, if you want to talk, for example, about the ongoing pandemic, right, like, 
obviously, if you ask every American, um, do you think we should just start, like, executing the people in prisons? Most of them would say, like, no, you know, that's barbaric. We shouldn't do that. We put them in prison as an alternative to killing them. However, um, COVID rates in prisons are fucking astronomical. And nobody gives a shit, right? Like, we, we, we have uh, tacitly decided that, like, executing a bunch of people, like they do in, like, Saudi Arabia or whatever, right? It's like, we're above that because we're like, you know, we're a Western country, democracy, blah, 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 right? But, like, um, letting them die slowly to disease, that's fine, <laughs> I guess. And the reason why is because we have, as a... Hmm? I just wanted to add that it it isn't even just after COVID started that it's been like this. Like there have oh, been yeah. like ice uh, isolation chambers, uh, forced labor, mm-hmm. um, being unable to get a job after you get out of prison. Mm-hmm. All of these factors have always been there right. that effectively like makes it shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, Death Note has the ideology that allows these things to happen. It's this idea of, like, if I don't personally pull the trigger, but I do let them die in other ways that I can reasonably say are not my fault, then that's fine. Right. Um, but it's not fine. And that's why we're kind of not happy with Death Note. That, and it's, like, <laughs> poorly written. <laughs> but that's, like, secondary. Um, yeah. to the CWT stuff. Um, yeah, uh, we ended up having a side digression about Death Note and Abolition. Mm. And I'm sure once we finish Death Note, we will have an even more interesting discussion to say about Death Note and Abolition. Like, Death Note and Nakajama Train. Yeah, we could probably... Kiss. If I did... Yeah, if I did... my, I, I've been mulling over... I, like I said at the beginning, I'm very busy. Um, and stress, but I've been mulling over um, a, a quote, Light Yagami is a fucking Nazi essay. Uh, and I suppose in the essay. Yeah, I mean, he is. Like, he literally is, and it's not even like he gets bad later. He's like, just he's He immediately, he gets a book that can kill anyone, and his first and thought is not like Henry Kissinger, um, the people who like torture <laughs> who like torture prisoners in Iraq, um, uh, the leaders of the world's most like um, brutal dictatorships. Nah, it's like poor people in jail. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> literally, it's like I'm going to He's clean up all of the degenerates. He's literally just a Nazi. He commits a genocide by notebook. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, um, but like a like a Death Note versus um, Akudama Drive side by side would be like a good a good route to go on for that essay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Uh. Oh wait, no, we forgot one. Um, we forgot uh, Brave of the Seven. Flowers. Did, how did we forget Roka no Yusha? Well, everyone else also forgot Roka no Yusha, so I feel a little less bad about it. But still, no, 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 that was... It's like a it's like a hidden gem. If you haven't seen Roka no Yusha... Um, so good! 
It's so good. It's like it's the a, best show you've never seen. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the one way to put it. Um, it's basically. Is so, wait 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 okay. wait question. Is mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll ask it. No, ignore this. I'll ask at the end. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Um, yeah. So um, basically, you know that hit and popular game for children, Amogus. <laughs> Um, that's not even accurate, right? <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's got that same. It, it's based. It's a it's a fantasy that's set um, in South America. It's got like a lot of like really clear like indigenous mm-hmm. um, uh, indigenous uh, uh, roots to it, which is well, really it's, interesting. It's well, not defini- roots. Yeah, not. it's definitely drawing creative. Uh, inspiration, inspiration like. from um, the civilizations of South and Central America. Well, I actually don't know enough to say for sure whether it is South and Central America, which goes to show how unqualified I am to talk about how that aesthetic is being handled or yeah. whether it's being used respectfully or not. All I can say is that I, it was definitely a welcome change of pace from uh, uh, Europe. Yes. Stop making fantasy shows I'm sure. set yeah. in medieval Europe. Holy I'm fucking sure. shit. Stop yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if it was set instead of in, uh, based on, I, I want to say, ooh, I don't know enough to say, uh, but based on, uh, South American civilizations, if it was instead based on Indian civilizations, I would have a lot more to say about how it handles that, but mm-hmm. I don't. And if someone else has written about it, you should listen to them. Yeah. And it's not me. Yeah. Um, but it, the, the setting is a nice change of pace. Um, and it essentially yes. uh, revolves around um, it, you've got like your standard fantasy anime setup. Like there's a demon king uh, who wakes up, who threatens to destroy all life on the continent. And so, um, a couple of heroes are summoned, uh, to defeat him, like, uh, and it starts out, it's got, like, these big, like, sweeping shots of, like, landscapes, and, like, you really, like, the first couple of episodes, you really think you're going on, like, a grand adventure, right? Yeah. But, um, what ends up happening, uh, is that all, uh, the heroes uh, meet up. And they get locked in like a, like a, like a space that's enclosed. Well, okay, okay. So, so this happens, right? Mm-hmm. It starts doing this in episode four. Yeah. So you've uh, got four episodes oh, of like slaying monsters, traveling to new places, saving the villagers, standard fantasy buildup. And but it's not even standard though because it's good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> like not not these fucking isekai that are it that are airing this like, season. Okay, okay, okay. So I want to real quick do to like for example, a show that does something very similar to this is um, Talentless Nana, okay. uh, which is a show I still don't like, and I know I am now in the minority of that, but I think most people can generally agree. That Talentless Nana's first episode is not great because it's just doing this one thing and it's really bad at this one thing before it says at the end of the first episode and setting the second episode, by the way, we're now doing something completely different. Right. 
Um, and so the change in quality from the show it was pretending to be, which was not very good, to the show it actually is, which is better. Mm. Um, it's pretty stark. Right. Uh, Okan Yusha does not have that problem. Not only is it not just like one episode before it dramatically changes, uh, but it's also like those four episodes feel good on their own in a way that legitimately makes you feel like you're being set up to go on a journey, mm. which makes the inevitable, well, I say inevitable among us game, but it's like literally in the synopsis. I yeah. Know. Like I read the synopsis before watching it and then I watched the first couple episodes and I was like, this wasn't in the synopsis. And then like end of episode four, episode five, like, oh, okay, this wasn't the synopsis. But like, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can't cut out those first four episodes because they're, they're, they have so much weight for what the show's inevitable emotional arc ends up being. Also, I think I really And like, they contribute to the mystery. Uh, they change They the literally OP. contribute to the mystery. They change the opening for episodes four through 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's literally a different OP when the show changes from being like, a fantasy game uh, to being uh, an Among Us section. <laughs> so we keep saying Among Us. Let's actually explain that. So essentially, well, well when I they don't all think we have to. Well, I, I mean, think we can. It's spoilers. It's spoilers. I, I, I guess so. I, I, I just want to say, like, basically, um, when the when the six heroes finally meet up, um, they realize they're that they are actually seven. That's like not a. It's not terrible. That's not a terrible story. And so, like, the rest of the story is just who's, like, the fake? Like, who's the imposter? Um, and they do it. They find out it's a, it is a nail-biting. Uh, you get misdirected a bunch of times. Um, and I genuinely could not guess who it was at the end. But it was, like, one of those mysteries where, like, once you do find out, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, and it, 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 not only that, but like, wait, that was a hint? <laughs> like, this character acting this way, that wasn't just like, that wasn't just them being, uh, being blah, blah, blah. Like, that was an actual hint you were giving me? There is a lot of intentionality. And one of the mm-hmm. great things, because I rewatched Wilkom Yusha, is mm-hmm. how many things I could like spot and be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, show's really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, there is one thing I should warn you about. Uh, it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. And there <laughs> will probably never be a second season. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those, just it's got one season and it deserves more. It's criminally underappreciated. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the truest sense of the word. If uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's time. Abolish prisons except for the people who decided that Rogan or you should doesn't get a second season. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I'm glad yeah. I caught that. Um. <laughs> I'm still really happy of like, oh yeah, we forgot Roka Yusha, but so did everyone else. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and um, so then, I guess the last show, we haven't really watched a lot of this, um, um, is Dura Rua, 
was made by the same person who did um, Bacchano. And you can sort of tell. Oh, wait, wait. Before we move on to Durer, oh, yeah. I just want to, uh, just to like, if it, if you don't understand how good Rukano Yusha is, uh, Mo and I watched nine episodes in one sitting because we were just that engrossed. Oh, yeah. We needed, we needed to know who it was. We needed it. We craved well, You needed to know. I needed I to know. You, you knew. But I, I, I needed to know. And I was like, oh, it's this imposter, right? There were shows I'm like, at, at times I get tired of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I don't really feel like watching this show right now. I feel that way about Kekai Sensen in season two from yeah. time to time. But like, what kind of show is just like, whew. Once it gets going, it really gets going. Oh. Okay. Anyway, Dura. Yeah, Dura. Um, you can tell that it's similar to Bakano, uh, because it's got like, Okay, it's got a large rotating cast of characters um, who are all involved in the criminal underworld, except instead of uh, Chicago and the Mafia, it's like Ikebukuro and the different gangs. Uh, it's got um, characters who are like, sort of... They've got like, they're like superhuman powers, but not like crazy, like shooting lasers out of their asses powers, right? Um got like lots of like sort of whimsical characters or like sort of smarmy <laughs> this will make sense if you've seen either Bakuno or Durarara. um yeah it's it, it's definitely got like that same signature like the shows are not like one-to-one um, yeah but yeah it's definitely like oh, okay yeah it makes sense how uh this person made it the other person um yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen enough to say if I like it or not. Because here's the thing that that I like the thing about Durarara. Okay, fuck. <laughs> I, I knew I was gonna mess up. The thing about Durarara is that like the episodes start and then stuff happens, and then the episode ends, and it doesn't really. On the one hand, it doesn't really feel like there was like a like an arc that really connected the beginning to the end. But also, I was pretty into what was happening. So it's like, I can't really tell where the show is going after seeing just a couple episodes. But I'm also down for whatever it wants to do. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Um, there are things in Dura I have feelings about. And we'll come back to those when Mo gets to them. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that's... We said we wanted this to be a short episode, so I think... we went for an hour. It, it has been an hour, though. I think if you cut out some of the stuff that might... No, it's definitely going to be an hour. Who are we kidding? It's like <laughs> a little bit shorter than normal, maybe. <laughs> I like how when I was talking um, to Raghu, they were like, we should probably make this a short episode. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we say before we go on for an hour. And that's literally what happened. <laughs> like, no cat. Um, what, 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 what specific... I see the issues that were too strong of a combo. It's just very easy to talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Uh, closing 
words. Um, if you want to come on the Critical Weeb Theory podcast, it's not too late. Um, focus. Ah, uh, they'll probably we'll probably schedule it you in for like April. This is the thing we have to. Yeah, yeah, like literally all the all the slots through the end of February into March are like covered. So. Um, but on the other hand, you've got a bunch of cool people who are going to be coming on to talk about things we uh, never would have thought to talk about. So yeah, it's exactly. going to be very cool. Uh, you should be very excited. I'm excited. Hell yeah. I, 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 I'm egg excited. Fucking... I'm sorry I took it from you. <laughs> All right. That is, is there it. anything else we need to say? I don't think so. Y'all are cool. Thanks so much. All right. This has been Mo Black. Either this. And the other one that gets forgotten. Um, no. Roger, <laughs> friend, I'm sorry. Anything other than, you know, the deal. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys. Yeah. With guests. Yeah.